Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pine Reads podcast. I'm Adriana. And I'm Sadie. And today we're talking about the books that raised us. I am really excited to talk about this today because I have been reading for what feels like my whole life. Right. Like a lot of my earliest memories revolve around books. So I've like bookworm from the womb to the tomb, you know? Oh my God. (laughs) Please, please put that like on your gravestone. Like I know that sounds horrible, but. That's I mean, it's true. That's like, like reading is just so integral to who I am. It's been a part of my life for so long. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I feel like it's it's weird for me because I am a total bookworm <laughs> now, but I didn't really consider myself a bookworm until I was in high school, which is really weird because reflecting back on my life, I loved to read picture books. I loved to read like middle grade, like a couple of the ones we're going to be talking about today. I really love to read them, but I never really considered myself a reader until high school. Now, I remember um, like in the fourth grade, in my fourth grade class, we would get uh, we would get like weekly or monthly reading logs. And we had I think we had to read like X amount of minutes a day or something or finish X amount of books a month. And we had to fill it out like the book name the author how many pages and then get it signed off by our parents and I man I would fly through those log pages and like once you read like I think it was in increments of 10 our teacher would write your name on a little rainbow fish write how many books you read total and it would she would stick it up on our classroom wall And it was me and this other kid, like we were in a race by the end (laughs) of the school year. Like probably I want to say from like April to May, the only fishes up on that wall were just like back and forth, him and I, him and I just like racing (laughs) to see how many books we could read. Like I just could not put books down. Like they were just, they were my friends, but I didn't really have too many friends in the fourth grade. So I read a lot. No, that makes sense. However, for me, anytime we had those book log requirements as assignments, I would, <laughs> I would always just fake them. <laughs> and I'm like, how could I have been a reader when I faked my book logs? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I get it. I get it because I, I would do that sometimes in high school because we would get reading logs. And at that point, I in high school, I read a lot of uh, fan fiction because uh, I discovered discovered Wattpad in like the yeah. eighth grade. So I was like, oh, man, I can't put this on my reading log. Like my teacher is not going to know what this is. So I think I like reread Looking for Alaska like twice throughout high school just so that way it would look like I was reading an actual book, but I was reading a lot of fan fiction. I did read a lot of actual books too, but I mostly <laughs> read oh fan fiction God. in high school. That's honestly me too. In high school, <laughs> anytime I would be like sitting down, I would have like, for me, it started on Tumblr. That's where my fan fiction obsession started. So I'd always be like sitting down, pulling up the, the Tumblr app, and I'd be like just reading supernatural fan fiction. And everyone's like, I know you're reading fan, fan fiction. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't understand me. 
I don't understand when people like knock fan fiction because like it's a totally valid form of art. It's a valid form of yes. writing. Like, it really is. Man, and these these people are like at the time they were like our age, like teenagers just writing this stuff in their free time. Okay. Like, but can we talk about how they were never bad? Like I strive to write that well professionally and they were writing it for funsies. <laughs> right? It's like you you would find a fan fiction that like you'd love. There was some that just like punched me right in the gut, made me cry. And they're like, would be the author would be gone for a couple days, not updating. And then they'd come back and be like, oh sorry, I had school. Here's my like 50,000 word chapter that's going to absolutely make you like sob and like just absolutely decimate you oh my god (laughs) shout out to all the fan fiction writers out there you make the world go round and we love you oh the obsessions the obsessions like honestly I still read now like the genres of fan fiction I would read like Mm -hmm. my fan fiction era sparked my love of so many different tropes oh especially yeah no no the tropes like I discovered a lot of my favorite tropes because of fan fiction there's so much out there there is and it's like really it's so accessible too like you can like there's no paywalls I mean at least at the time there weren't now you got Wattpad premium you gotta like pay coins which I I mean, I'm conflicted on that. On the one hand, I think it's great that these authors are getting paid for their works. On the other hand, like, I don't have any money. I just want to read about Supernatural. (laughs) Exactly. You won't catch me paying for Wattpad anything. And I know that's cruel because obviously then it's like they're getting paid less. Well, probably, I don't know. I don't know how the money system works for Wattpad. But at the same time, I'm like, I pay for Kindle Unlimited. Like, I don't need to be paying coins for Wattpad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get that. But, um, yeah. Fan fiction definitely played a part in kind of the evolution of our love of reading. Yes. But let's take it back even further. Even <laughs> yes. further than the years of high school fan fiction. Take us back, Sadie. So when I was a child, I my dad, every night, he would lay down in bed with me and read me picture books to go to sleep. And I know he, he used to always tell me this, and I don't really have any memories of it, but he would say, like, he'd be reading me the picture books, and I would just be laying down, and I'd have my arm up in the air. And I'd be like drawing shapes in the air as he's reading. And I don't know if there's a correlation between this or not, but he would also tell me that like there were some picture books that he read to me that I would memorize. Like I didn't know how to read yet, but he would read me these books and I would know the words. Like I would remember the words, but I wouldn't be able to look down on the page and know them. So some nights I would tell him, no, dad, I'm reading tonight give me the book and I'd read it. And obviously I wasn't reading like the exact words because I didn't like know how to read yet. The letters on the page were just things like just scribbles to me, like didn't make sense at the 
at that point yet, but I knew the story so well that I would be able to tell it like down to the itty bitty details. Like I knew it. That's such a precious memory. I love that. Yeah. It's he, my dad was not a reader at all. He would always tell me, um, you know, he couldn't read. And <laughs> there was one time where I asked him, I was like, dad, when I become an author, are you going to read my books? And he was like, uh, I don't know if I'll like read, read them, but I'll listen to the audio book. <laughs> I was like, thanks, dad. <laughs> but now, yeah, he wasn't a reader, but he would read to me every night. Because so he wanted me to be a reader. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, speaking of memory and learning to read, um, that's actually how I learned to read. My grandma would read me this book uh, over and over. I think it was my favorite book that she had. And at one point, I'm like, let me see that book. And I had memorized the story also. But at the time, I looked down at the book and I'm like, wait, I memorized the words. I comprehend these words, I can read. And it just like clicked in my mind, like, wow, I know these words. I can read now. And ever since, ever since I could read. <laughs> that's, I love that that's how like the moment that you remember like feeling, not just feeling, but knowing like, oh my gosh, I can read. I know how to read. For me, that didn't happen until I was in kindergarten. And this, oh my gosh, the memory of this is so vivid. Like, I am surprised that just like how crystal clear this memory is for me. So I was in kindergarten and it was like a show and tell day, I think. And I brought in this picture book version of the Disney movie, A Bug's Life. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read it to my class. Like at that point, I really still didn't quite know how to read. I just knew that I loved reading. I loved books and stories. So I brought it in. My teacher sat me up on the chair. My classmates were sitting on the reading rug in front of me. And I was looking at the book and I was just kind of telling the story as I remembered it. But I was like struggling. Like I could not comprehend the words on the page. Like they, they didn't look like words to me yet. And it's, it's so crazy because it was like literally like an instant. One second, the words were just like a garbled mess. I didn't know what they meant. To the next, it was like crystal clear and I could read them and I knew what the words meant. And it was like just mind blowing at the time to just be like, oh my gosh, I know how to read. Like I can read these words. And it just, it happened like in the blink of an eye. And it's just. It's crazy that that just happens. Like all of a sudden, one second you can't read and the next it just clicks. Like it just something snaps into place and all of a sudden words have meaning and boom, now we're bookworms. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I can we can attribute it to our family and those books why we know how to read definitely I wish I still had that copy of a bug's life I don't think I do anymore but I'll, I'll have to look for it because I still have a lot of the picture books from when I was little because I 
I just, I can't let go of books unless like I absolutely, like, unless it's like a complete DNF, like I'm like, I start, tried it and I know I'm never going to read it. Then like, I just, I can't get rid of books. One, because I like the way my bookshelf looks full of books, but I am like emotionally attached to every (laughs) book I own. (laughs) I am also like that. I'm a book hoarder. Um, The only books I'll get rid of is yes, if it's like a DNF or if it's like a book I bought for school (laughs) otherwise yeah I won't I won't keep it I like to I like my bookshelves to be very very pretty and I want them to be something I love when I look at them you know like if Mm -hmm. I see a book and I I feel the the trauma of being in school (laughs) I won't be happy so get rid of those books I only keep the ones that speak to me, you know, like Marie Kondo, the ones that spark joy, <laughs> which is all of them, but school books. You know, there are, there are some school books that I'll get rid of, but then there are others, like, I will hang on to them just out of spite. <laughs> because, like, if I hated the class, like, there's a one class in particular that I'm thinking of, I'm not going to say it, but, like, I still have the books never gonna look at them again but it's just like I didn't like that class but I powered through it and so you are my little trophy it's proof that I made it and because it was really expensive so (laughs) I totally get you I still have the three book anthology for (laughs) one of my classes and I'm like one day when I'm old and decrepit I will look back and read the old Arthurian tales (laughs) there's one book and it's one of the ones that I want to talk about um that I I don't know where it's at and I'm really sad that I don't know where it's at but I can't find it I'll have to again I'll have to look for it but this was my favorite picture book when I was little and even now as an adult sometimes I'm like man I wish I had it because I want to read it Johnny Lyon's book by Edith Thatcher Hurd and is illustrated by her husband Clement Hurd this picture book was my favorite when I was little and it was like my first experience with a plot twist oh really and it blew tiny Sadie's mind like it just it rocked my world I did not see it coming this story gave me anxiety reading it but like in the best way like you know right no well tell me tell me what it's about okay so Johnny Lyon's book is about this little lion his name is Johnny Lyon um Mm -hmm. he is at home alone in his family cave while his mom and dad go out hunting for food and they tell him, Johnny, you're not allowed to leave the cave while we're gone. Like, you have to stay here. And so he's like, oh, okay, I'll just stay here. And so he stays in the cave and he gets bored and wanders out. And he finds himself in all sorts of dangerous predicaments. Like, I think there is, at one point, he gets, like, stuck in a herd of, oh, I don't remember what animal it was. But, like, they were going to trample him and he had to, like, get out of the way. And just like, he's all alone and he's lost because he didn't listen to his mom and dad. And then at the end, 
um, he's like by this river and there's this crocodile or an alligator. I don't remember which one. It's one of them that's like going after him and it's going to eat him. And there's like nowhere for him to go. And his mom comes and saves him. And she's like, I told you not to leave the cave. And look at you almost got yourself eaten by this water dinosaur. <laughs> and so he gets in trouble. And then it turns out Johnny Lyon was home the whole time. And the story we just read was in his book that he was reading while his parents were gone. Oh, my God. And he was fine the whole time. That's that's not even a plot twist. That is book inception. Right? Like, <laughs> it just, like, fireworks going off in my brain that that happened. I was like, oh, my gosh, it wasn't actually him. He did listen. It was just his story. And then his parents come home with the, they had nice steak for dinner. And he, like, got special I think he got like a special big piece because he listened but that book just oh my gosh okay that sounds amazing though like it really was it not just was it is it's a really good picture book my favorite of all time I talk about it all the time I recommend it to anyone who's looking for picture books to read read Johnny Lyon's book I will definitely have to add this to my list I love reading picture books and it was just the talent it takes to be able to write a story like that for a child and make it entertaining and make it work is just chef's kiss I I will sing the praises of this book my whole life I love that I love that that book made you like a lifelong fan it's it's not often that we find books like that that we know the instant that we start either reading or the instant that we're done with it that we're like this will be a book I think about for the rest of my life and that's amazing that you found that so young I know and it's like at the time like you don't expect to be 20 almost 21 still thinking about that book but I'm just I'm I'm really grateful that I was able to be exposed to so many different books at such a young age and to find the ones like Johnny Lyons book that have stuck with me this long and like being an adult and being able to like recount almost the whole story because I loved it so much and I still love it like, it's just, it's really special. That's actually so amazing. I, I think it's crazy because me too, like I'm 21 going on 22 and I'm still thinking about, I have two book, two picture books in particular that seriously, I think about all the time. I actually, <laughs> I actually rebought one of them last year because I was like, when I have children, they're going to read this book and they're gonna love it and this is the one thing I can give them is being a reader <laughs> it's called uh, Harvey Potter's Balloon Farm and it's absurd and I love it and the illustrations are so vibrant it's 
seriously, Sadie, like, like your book, it's made me a lifelong, like, supporter. I will remember this book for as long as I breathe. Aw, I love that. And the title of it, Harvey Potter's Balloon Farm. Yes. Like, that just sounds so cute. It's actually amazing. And it's one of those books. Let me see. When exactly was it written? It was written in 1994. And... I don't know about you, but books written before the 2000s are a different breed, or at least picture books. They're, they're just so much more, I don't know how to, substantive, like, like there's so much more substance and I don't know. I just love it so much. (laughs) I will say another little goofy one is Catalina Magdalena. Hoopensteiner, Wallendiner, Hogan, Logan, Bogan was her name by Ted Arnold. That is a mouthful and a half. I know. It's the silliest book I think I've ever read. Well, what is it about? So it's about Catalina, Magdalena, Hoopensteiner, Wallendiner, Hogan, Logan, Bogan. And over the course of the book, she just gains like new names (laughs) like it's the book is the course of her life and she's born with like a shorter name and over like she gets married and does this and does that and she gets like the longest name literally ever invented (laughs) I love that I adore silly laugh out loud picture books me too and this one really fits the bill (laughs) It's, like, not only is it funny for children, but, like, rereading some of, like, the silly picture books that I used to read as a kid, like, now as an adult, like, I still am cracking up. Like, oh, my God, Skippy John Jones. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. This little Siamese cat who is so convinced that he's a chihuahua. And, oh, it's so good. This is so good. I I love Skippy John Jones. Loved it as a child. Love it now. I read I read one of the books in the series not too long ago and it just it cracked me up. I remember that one. That one's a good one. And uh what was the the mouse and the cookie? Oh yeah, if you give a mouse a cookie. I love those books. And then like there's I think if you give a moose a muffin. Oh yeah. And I think if you was it if you give a pig a pancake, I think was another one. If you take the mouse to school. Yes. Just like these cause and effect books. Yes, that just like they were like more absurd. They just yes. like kept getting absurd the more it went on. <laughs> right. Oh, and the old like the old lady who swallowed a fly. Oh my god, that oh my god, that that yes, that I literally will I have no words, Sadie. I li- <laughs> like I remember <laughs> I remember being in kindergarten and our teacher reading us that book and we were just all like dying laughing. Yes. Because like she swallowed the fly then she had to swallow the frog or it was like the spider and then the frog and just kept going and going it's like how is this lady swallowing all of these things right 
doesn't make any sense, but it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the good old days. (laughs) Man, I love picture books. Honestly, if, if college has taught me anything, it has taught me how much I love picture books. Which is funny, like, it's a weird thing that, like, that's what college has taught me. (laughs) Right, and it's, you know, I I get it, I get it, and it's especially for us, because we've taken classes, like, on picture books. Right. But I think just even in general, like, there's such heavy reading that we have to do as college students Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's fun to sit back with a picture book and have a little giggle. I agree. Honestly, it's very refreshing and like um shout out to the make way for books app because um there's a lot of free picture books on that app that you can read and like i'll i'll read some of them in my free time because like they're so fun a lot of them like they just tug at my heartstrings, the nostalgia of like being a kid and reading picture books. That's so and cute. a lot of them are so good, so funny. And it's just it's a really great resource to promote like early childhood literacy. Yes. So I love it. I love that. I love that you still <laughs> use the app too. I love that so much. I'm team picture book all the way. Honestly, same. You know, and as, for as much as I love picture books, and even as a child, as much as I love picture books, like the next step from picture books is like the short chapter books, middle grade books. As a middle grade age reader, I didn't read a lot of middle grade books. Like I've read more middle grade books as an adult than I did as like a middle grade age reader. Honestly, I agree with that. I think currently now I'm reflecting on how many middle grades I've read. I think I read maybe three series, I guess. One is one we're going to talk about. um, And I'll let you introduce that, Sadie. Another is, I think, The Magic Treehouse. And then the Franny K. Stein series. And she's a mad scientist. It it was very, very interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I, I feel like I recognize that name. I may have told you about it uh, when I remembered I read this book. Because sometimes I block out, like, things that I've read. Because I just, <laughs> I don't know. There's just too much. Yes. <laughs> I don't, my brain doesn't have enough storage space. So sometimes I got to... <laughs> delete some files yes I've never read a magic treehouse book before (gasps) because like I said I didn't read a lot of middle grade I feel like um I kind of skipped that stage like I'm sure I read some because there's a few that I remember like um the rotten apple book never heard of her (laughs) (laughs) there it's not like so it's they're not a series. Um, I would find them at thrift stores. So it was like the rotten apple. And then there was like the candy apple. And like the candy apple was just like realistic fiction of middle grade age girls going through life. 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. like dealing with crushes on boys, dealing with okay. issues at school. So I don't remember any of those in particular, like specific titles, but I do remember like that candy apple. It's kind of like the, I guess the brand of the book. Yeah. And I, I think they were through Scholastic. So I remember reading some of those, but the Rotten Apple ones, like there was one, um, one title in particular, I remember called like My Evil Twin. So it's just like <laughs> taking, so it's just like, like mystery, spooky versions of the kind of candy apple books and, and like fourth grade, um, the car that we had at the time didn't have a radio in it so mm-hmm. my dad he took me to school and he would pick me up and we didn't have anything to listen to so I was like all right I love reading you're gonna listen to me read <laughs> so I would spend the drives to and from school reading to my dad and I remember reading the my evil twin rotten apple book I love that that's so but like that's so cute <laughs> precious but like I don't have uh like concrete memories of the mm-hmm. books like they're just kind of like vague recollection. Right. But the one series that I do have like these concrete memories of was Ivy and Bean by Annie Barrows and illustrated by Sophie Blackall. Oh, Ivy and Bean. I love her. <laughs> Ivy and Bean is probably one of the most important book series in my life because I, I really believe that if not for this series I would not be the reader I am today like this really was kind of the start for me like is the first book series I read on my own I I was homeschooled in the third grade and I did there wasn't really any neighborhood kids around that were like my age so again didn't really have many friends And so my mom came home one day from the bookstore and she's like, here, I got you this book. I think you might like it. And it was Ivy and Bean. And I read it in a day. Like I just sat down and like my eyes burned a hole through the pages. I was reading it so fast. But, you know, it's about these two best friends who are like polar opposites of each other, but they become besties and go on all these adventures together. And just, I remember reading it and it made me feel like I had my friends, like Ivy and Bean were my friends. And once I finished the first book, I told my mom the next day, I was like, mom, we have to go to the bookstore. I need to get the next book. And so we bought, I think like the next three books in the series and I blew through them, but I don't think I ever, I not, I don't think I know for a fact, I never finished them, never finished the series because (laughs) they just like kept coming out and at that point like I moved on to reading other books kind of higher level books so I never got to finish it but right I'm working towards completing my collection of books now I yeah I also adore Ivy and Bean I think I only read one Ivy and Bean book and quite honestly can't remember what the plot was (laughs) I just remember Ivy and Bean and how much I adored their friendship and how they dealt with little arguments between friends and yeah I think honestly that was probably the last book I ever read 
before high school. Really? Yes. I Okay, honestly, I remember with such vivid imagery in my mind right now, the last time I touched a book before high school, I was in the car with my family. We were on like a very long road trip to somewhere. I don't know. And a long road trip to a young person is very short in real life. <laughs> but we were driving and I'm in the back seat trying to read Ivy and Bean. And there's a Justin Bieber song playing over the radio. And yeah, I think that was honestly the last time I touched a book before I had to do a book report in high school. Even the book reports I did in middle school were based off a movie. Guess what movie? Oh, gosh. I... You're going to love this one, Sadie. Bridge to Terabithia. Oh. <laughs> I, okay. Listen. <laughs> the first time I read Bridge to Terabithia, I was 19. And I'd seen the movie a couple times, but like, never really understand all the hoopla about it and then I read the book and I cried like a baby I don't know if it was just like that period in my life that I read it just coinciding with things happening in my personal life that just made that book that much more poignant to me but Bridget Terabithia sucker punched me in the gut like (laughs) I'm still hurting from that. I'm book. laughing, but I'm crying on the inside. I was straight up crying on the inside and the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that book hurted. <laughs> oh. But I mean, I didn't even read the book when I did re- book reports for it in middle school. Like, didn't even read it, just read the or watched the movie. Uh, That's yeah, wild. I never touched a book. Between Ivy and Bean and my YA book that I had to pick up for a book report. And see, you know, I started reading YA in elementary school. Like, I think you had that reading level as a kid. Yeah, I read Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer in the fourth grade. And it took me like four days to read it. Wow. I was in a competition with another girl in my class. I'm in awe and a little bit scared of you. (laughs) Yeah, so that's when I started reading YA. And because I was also diehard Twilight fan at the time. And Breaking Dawn hadn't come out yet. And I was like, oh, well, I don't need to read the other books because I saw the first three movies. But I want to read Breaking Dawn before I go see the movie. So tell me why like, that was my <laughs> tell me why that was my mentality when I picked up my next book too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I watched the first movie so I can pick up the second book. <laughs> oh, that was a rude awakening into <laughs> book to movie adaptations, but uh we'll get into that. We'll get into later. that one later. <laughs> but yeah, no, my mom, she's like, if you want to read it, you can read it. And I remember being really nervous, like, oh my gosh. I'm reading like a grown-up book. Wow. And if there's like grown-up things in it, what's gonna happen? So, wow. but my mom, like my mom had read it, and if there was anything in there that like I wasn't old enough to read or like uh-huh. see in the movie, she wouldn't have let me read it. But that was a very real concern of mine. Like I'm reading a grown-up book, even though I did not realize at the time it 
wasn't a grown-up book it was for teenagers <laughs> but I just I felt so I felt powerful like look at you all reading your little middle grade novels and here I am breaking dawn reading it in four days <laughs> bow down before me you mere mortals honestly I'm bowing Sadie like the power you hold the reading level <laughs> for everyone listening Sadie just did a little dance <laughs> oh yeah I'm totally like got my imaginary reading crown on yes hair flip crown the queen I bow to you <laughs> thank you I deserve it <laughs> just kidding I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say something like that like I mean it's like my my one claim to claim to fame (laughs) it's like I was a good reader I am still a good reader right that's the one thing I know I'm good at that's that's my flex is that flexes I I was reading I was reading YA books in the fourth grade so take that because of Winn-Dixie, which I also love. We read that as a class in fourth grade. Anyway, speaking of YA books, that is where my personal favorites come in. Well, I guess not my favorites, but like the books that really got me into reading. I, I will do a, a little brief discussion <laughs> on <laughs> what got me back into reading and why. A little brief overview if you will uh, <laughs> so it was freshman year I'm setting the scene freshman year we're in English class and we all get assigned a book report which at this point I didn't think I would have to do ever again because book report, book reports seem like so middle school I, so, I agree right. book reports and reading logs in high school just seem infantilizing and insulting yes so but I mean honestly though I'm grateful for this book report because it's why I got back into reading after much deliberation the book I chose was the second Percy Jackson because of course I had seen the first movie so I already understood what was happening (laughs) oh boy but I did, I actually loved reading so much. I loved reading that book so much. I did have to be on a road trip to get into it, but I couldn't put it down afterwards. And then we had to do the book report presentation. And after that, I was like, what other books are in my house that I can read? And luckily my older brother was a reader. And he had a couple YA books that I snatched from his room. I didn't, I didn't steal them. He like gave them to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one was called City of Bones by Cassandra Clare and the Mortal Instruments series. That was my awakening. <laughs> that book right there and the rest of the series, I gobbled it up. I could not put it down. I even reread the series. Like my parents honestly thought I was crazy because it's a book series of six books. And I was like, I need the next one right now. 
<laughs> and so, and you know, books are not cheap. <laughs> no, they are not. My and wallet so, is very aware of that fact. My wallet, my mom's wallet, my dad's wallet, their Amazon accounts, my Amazon account, my Barnes and Noble. <laughs> this is why whenever anyone asks me what I want for like my birthday or Christmas, I'm just like gift cards to Barnes and Noble because yes, I want books and I don't trust other people to buy me books that I want. So it's like, just cut out the middle, middlemen, give it to me myself. <laughs> yes so anyway that's exactly what I got for my birthday that year I got the other five books of the series and I was so happy <laughs> honestly ever since then it's been depending how you look at it it's been a spiral of both directions <laughs> upward and downward into the book community like is there ever really a downward spiral when it comes to reading like let's be honest here I will say probably for me my Wattpad phase (laughs) hey show some respect to the Wattpad phase okay I will say my Wattpad phase still going on dwindling though I haven't been on for a couple months actually but only because I got Kindle Unlimited (laughs) oh boy man if this if we had Wattpad and Kindle Unlimited when we were growing up just imagine our power like if you think we are unhinged readers right now our parents should really be grateful that we didn't have Wattpad or Kindle Unlimited as children because, oh my gosh, it probably would have been so much worse. <laughs> Wattpad is a different breed. Wattpad authors, different breed. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the Mortal Instruments, if you do not know, it's about these people called Shadow Hunters whose purpose is to keep the demons and vampires and werewolves in line. And Clary is a shadow hunter, but she hasn't known her whole life until one day she sees a shadow hunter doing his business. And it is not a pretty sight. (laughs) Now I have another confession to make. You never read or watched The Mortal Instruments? Nope. (laughs) And it all stems back to a topic we have discussed. Sadie doesn't read fantasy. I don't read a lot of fantasy. Which is funny because we did our discussion on Girl, Sip, and Thorn, which is very fantasy. And you loved it. I loved it. I know. I did. I did love it. I just love other genres more like I'm a sucker for stuff that will make me cry or murder mysteries I I love things that will make me cry currently I'm reading something that I'm seriously crying like every five pages because it's just 
Oh, it hits so close to home. I love it. Should I do a little plug? Ooh, I think I, I think a little plug couldn't hurt. This book is called You'd Be Home Now by Kathleen Glasgow. Be sure to check out my review on the Pine Reads website of it coming one week after this episode comes out. You're going to love your eyes on it. Now, speaking of books that made us cry and make us cry, do you re- do you have any like recollection of the first book that ever made you cry? Like, like not just like a tear rolling down, but full on like <gasps> dry heaving, hyperventilating, oh sobbing. Yes, I will say really quickly, it was a Wattpad book, but it was about cancer and cancer. Oh, it makes me sob my eyes out. I remember vividly. It was after two o'clock in the morning and I was like sobbing into my pillow because I'm like, I don't want anyone to know I'm crying. <laughs> and it was seriously like, as soon as I got my got myself under control, I'd go back to reading it and then I'd start sobbing again. <laughs> okay, what about you? <laughs> Mine was, it's kind of in the same vein as that, although it wasn't a Wattpad book. Mine was The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, which not only was it the first book to ever make me cry, but it's the book that, like, the emotion that I felt and, like, the sheer amount of emotion I felt reading that book was really what solidified for me that I want to be a writer. Like, I want to make people feel with my books the way John Green has made me feel with his that doesn't necessarily mean I want to make people ugly cry and hyperventilate because they're crying so much because of something that I wrote but just like I I don't know just that I don't know how to explain it but I feel like you get it I totally get it and honestly I'm not convinced 100% that I'm going to be a writer yet. Probably will be writing some things because how can I not? Um, But it's truly a gift to be able to write like that and elicit such emotion from your audience. But here, once again, cancer strikes again. (laughs) Honestly, cancer, seriously, it gets me every time I will sob every time a book has cancer in it yeah and like I remember it was I had the fault in our stars on my kindle the first kindle that I had I was in eighth grade and I remember that day um I was reading as my dad was driving me to school and he pulled up to my school and stopped for me to get out literally seconds after the part where spoiler alert Augustus dies And so it didn't quite hit me then. So like I got out of the car, I went over to my friends and I was just kind of like, huh, that happened. And then something else happened like at school that upset me. I I think I was, I think what it was, like, they were listing, naming, like, the honor roll students for the trimester, and I was supposed to be on the honor roll, but I wasn't, 
And that just kind of was like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Like that really upset me. And I remember sitting in my homeroom class and that, and then it hit me. Oh my God, Augustus Waters just died. I started sobbing uncontrollably in the middle of my homeroom class. I was a wreck all day to the point where they had to send me to the front office and call my dad at work and be like, um, we don't know what's wrong with Sadie, but something is wrong. You need to come pick her up and take her home. And so my dad had to leave work early and pick me up and take me home because I was bawling all day. Like I was a wreck. And then I think I finished reading the next, finished reading it the next day, watched the trailer for the movie and just was like, sobbing and I was messed up for like a week after I finished The Fault in Our Stars like I was so sad like I was moping around the house my dad was like so concerned like he would call my mom and be like okay something's not right like it's just a book why why what is wrong with her is she okay and my it's mom never was a just reader. a book. It's never just a book. He, my dad, he never understood. My mom understood because she is a bookworm too. She was, she would tell my dad, she's like, we just need to let it happen. Like <laughs> this is, this is big. This is a big moment for her. You need to right. let her feel what she's feeling. Yes. And he was like, okay. And then I got over it, but like a, for seriously, like a week, I was heartbroken. That hurts me. I never read the book, but I think The Fault in Our Stars was one of the first movies I shed a tear for. Oh, you know, and I saw the movie opening night with a friend, and I didn't really cry the first time I watched the movie, but the second time was like I read the book all over again. Like it, it was bad, but you know, that's that's the price we pay for our books. And it's a price I am willing and glad to pay because same like just the craft the craftsmanship the talent of these authors who can make me feel my emotions that deeply like kudos to them yeah they deserve all the tears they deserve all the tears um I mean, I guess not speaking of books that made me cry, but this book was also really good. That was such a pivotal moment for me uh, was The Vampire Academy by Rochelle Mead. Again, fantasy. Again, that's my genre. <laughs> um, but there's something about that book that's, you know, teens in high school trying to figure out how they fit in or I guess how they fit back into society but with vampires so obviously it was a win for me (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's action there's romance there's friendship there's taking down the patriarchy well not patriarchy but taking down the authority (laughs) that just really spoke to me patriarchal but Yes. Yeah, I I read the first Vampire Academy book and I really liked it. 
it was good. I never got a chance to finish the series because I, I borrowed the first book from someone. And I think they were lending the second book to someone else. And so like, I just, I never got around to it, but I really liked the first one. Yeah, it was really good. I feel like that was the start of my love for the supernatural things really got to me. I love that for you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I don't read fantasy, I actually like kind of the supernatural. Which is why it's so weird to me that you don't read fantasy. (laughs) I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really have a reason for not reading fantasy. I think, I don't know, sometimes fantasy confuses me because I have a hard time like visualizing some of like the action sequences. You know what? I have a hard time visualizing sometimes, even when there's a map in the book, why like the characters will sometimes take the routes that they do. They're like this place or this place is closer to this place. And I look back at the map and I'm like, this place is here. The closer place is here. Like it's not just like a A to B, it's an A to C to B, which is like longer (laughs) and it's so funny that you bring that up because I don't know it was in a conversation with you and previous Pine Reads podcast hosts Wendy and Hannah that like I realized for the first time when a book has a map in it like you're supposed to look at the map as they talk (laughs) about like where they're going so you can visualize their journey I always just thought the maps were in there for funsies. Like, oh, look at here's the setting. This is where it's at. Have fun. Like, I didn't know you're supposed to like look back at it as you're reading. Okay, but that's not on you because you don't read fantasy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, check us out on our website or our other social media accounts. Until next time, happy reading.